Hi, I'm Kat Siggers, the creator and host of Offscript With. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of co-hosting with my lovely content producer, Tori Lyons. Next up in the Isolation series, we have the wonderful Tess Berry Hart. Tess is a non-binary writer living in Cardiff after years spent working in London. They recently wrote the story, set in a dystopian future, which premiered at The Other Room in Cardiff in November 2019 as part of the Violence series. It then completed a tour of London and Wales shortly before lockdown. Today we go off script with Tess Berry Hart. We are live. We are. Well, no, we're actually live. But... <laughs> no, can you imagine? This is streaming to the rest of the world. Who are you and where do you come from? My name's Tess Berryhart and I live in Cardiff. I moved to Cardiff two years ago and I've been working as a playwright and also I run a refugee choir back in London. I spent uh, all the time between my university years and two years ago working in London so a lot of my work still happens there and I've been trying as best I can to get work on and uh, it's going to be interesting in this environment to find out exactly what we can do and can't do. So I'm looking forward to kind of chatting with you guys today. Yeah, of course. And so you spoke a little bit then about, um, you know, the type of work that you're trying to focus on within lockdown. How have you been finding lockdown? Wow, it's it's different, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I say. For everyone, depending on whether you're single or you have children, if you're with parents, without parents, if you've got a job, if you're furloughed, if you're penniless. So it's different for everyone and it's really quite uh, strange to think of what the world is turning into but for me i'm i'm on a good day i'm on a good week actually right. um, a couple of weeks were really hard and then I, I i found that really hard going and then i kind of got used to it and then it got hard going again so i think there's no real typical day in lockdown is there there's not even a typical hour i find that my mood is fluctuating from hour to hour you know, one minute I'm like, yeah, I've got this. Yeah, this is fine. I'm flourishing. And then the next minute I'm like, I'm a loser. This sucks. Yes, yes. <laughs> literally, literally. It brings up so many different emotions. Like, yeah. but yeah, like you say, some days are good, some days are bad. You just have to roll with it, don't you? You know? Exactly. exactly. So, but today's a good day. So um, I'm chatting to you guys. I'm going to have drinks with friends online later. So, you know, it's, I can't complain about today. Good. Oh, I love that attitude. Take well, it each day as it comes. Yeah. So you spoke a little bit earlier about how you're uh, producing work at this time. So do you feel like there's an extra pressure to produce it? Or like how, you know, because it's going to be so different when we get out of lockdown. Yeah, I think there's a real pressure to perform, if you like, and to make performative art over this huge collective experience. And yeah, there is an argument for that. I, I'm not sure that I personally will be producing my very best work ever because to create you need to be in a particular headspace I think a lot of um, the calls to art is also about documenting this shared experience 
And that's proving really strange because usually when you create, you imagine a lot of my work is about dystopias and the future and trying to make a new reality. And now we're actually living in a new reality. And that's making it really hard uh, to start thinking about that type of thing. So I find myself writing different types of things that maybe I wouldn't have written before the the current apocalypse, if you like. So it's so that's interesting from an artist's perspective. And I think that also it's hard to make a deadline for oneself. You know, there's uh, lots of co um, competitions, etc., and uh, or kind of rapid response work and well which is which is great i think a lot of it is to look back and how we document everything that we're doing now how are we feeling how were our thoughts and fears and so i don't really think that this is something i can judge my own work on because it's such an extreme experience it's not me sitting in my house thinking about stuff it's uh, reacting to a thing that's happening to all of us and all of us are manifesting it in our different ways so uh, I'm not sure that I'd actually want to think or read about lockdown after lockdown happens. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. But uh, I think it's valuable to document it, if you know. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and you mentioned then the sort of the writing that you create and the stories that you tell and the dystopian futures that you depict. And of course, Kat and myself met you last year at The Other Room when we came to see the story. So would you mind maybe telling our audiences a little bit about the story and the story behind it? Absolutely. The story was a commission from The Other Room Theatre in Cardiff and it was to be part of the Violence series, which is a trio of three plays exploring different aspects of violence and the violence itself didn't have to be actual it could be language based it could be psychological so I chose something that was quite dear to my heart which is working with refugees working with people that help each other across borders and I explored the violence of language which othered people and made different types of people less or more or worthy of being helped or not worthy of society depending on where they had been born so the story was pitched in the near future in a neo-fascist dystopia where there had been an occupation of a regional territory it was up for guesses where i was thinking somewhere in wales but the idea was that a volunteer comes back from volunteering in a disputed territory and was immediately interrogated about being a terrorist and the story itself was is she a terrorist what she done what's in her past and why is she being held so it's a bit of a psychodramatic thriller mm. but at the same time it was depicting lots of elements that I had actually lived through I volunteered in Greece I volunteered in Lesbos Athens and in northern France in the Calais jungle so a lot of it was my lived emotional experience but the factual background was all a near future and now we've got our own near future <laughs> that <laughs> that's not that much fun to think about so thinking about the future where do you sort of see the arts heading in the next year or so it's going to be an extreme switch to digital as uh, everything is being digitally reworked but what i've found with digital is that you can't exactly reproduce everything that you had in real life you have to cut your content to fit your cloth so 
things like rehearsals or uh, by necessity actors, nobody being in particularly being in the same room, at least at the moment. I think that we're going to have to find ways of working around that so that it doesn't like look like an awkward version of real life and start to embrace the medium and form itself to make it more interesting and able to watch. For instance, there's always time lag in Skype and Zoom and there's a limit to how many people can interact in real time. So if there's a way of working around that, I think that's going to really shape the way that art is made and even thought about because you have to think this is whether it's live or not. How will this be seen? How will this be created? How will this be communicated when we don't have the immediacy that theatre used to give us? And uh, hopefully we will very soon come back to the immediacy of everyone being in a room with a shared experience. But right now, art is going to be full of ways trying to experimentally get round the distancing that we're all experiencing because of digital. And um, you, you mentioned earlier as well, obviously, that you you don't really want to create any work that sort of relates back to the current situation and that your style is changing at the moment. So is there anything that you're creating at the moment and how is that different? How has it changed? I'm trying to address the problem of how to have multi-characters talking to each other without being physically present, without everything happening on a Zoom call, you know. So that's something that I haven't quite got my head around yet. I'm writing a few thoughts and monologues and trying to process my own reaction. I'm not really sure that it will become a piece of work itself, Mm. but it's certainly a valuable way of processing the experience and using it in future. So, of course, in the current climate, people's mental health is really starting to become affected and other people appear to be thriving, whereas other people seem to be really, really suffering. So what are the things that you do to maintain your mental health at the moment? At the moment, I think you have to switch it up. And I find that I can't do anything for very long. And at the moment, you have a particular exercise that you can take. So I try to make sure that I'm not stuck with one thing for very long. So for instance, go out as much as I can for fresh air in the garden. I don't try and write for more than 40, 45 minutes. Uh, I know that lots of people have felt their mental health adjust for the better during lockdown. And a lot of people, obviously, their mental health adjust for the worse. So I think it really is very specific where you are, who you are and what's been happening to you as to how you react to lockdown. So mine is just exhaustion and feeling very tired with it all. I started a job a week uh, before lockdown, which I still have. But of course, it's really quite hard to conduct that job entirely online and with the constraints I have and trying to keep my writing going. You mentioned that you took a job on a week before lockdown. So how, as a self-employed person, has that kind of changed since lockdown? So as a self-employed person, I don't uh, currently receive any benefits because I don't meet the criteria. 
for getting uh, help from the government. So having this job is actually really important for me, but it's also something that's really close to my heart because it's working as fundraiser for the refugee choir that I run. And it's been such a lifesaver keeping me going to rehearsals every week. So uh, we're, the, we got about 29 nationalities in our choir and we've been running for three years. And we used to meet every Wednesday when I was in London. And uh, when I moved to Cardiff, it was I, I used to go back there every week that we had rehearsals. So when this all happened, I was at one remove. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen to the choirs? But then we transformed all our rehearsals online and we still rehearse online singing in our own living rooms which is a lot of fun so our choir is going to be running weekly concerts throughout May on Friday nights which is called the Big Sings and every Friday we partner with the celebrity we're going to be singing with Imogen Heap we're going to be singing with Felix of Basement Jacks we're going to be singing with uh, Emily Watson the actress so that's going to be a lot of fun and it's to all raise funds for our choir and try and and get some happiness and positivity going. It's a big public sing-along so everyone can take part. So look for Citizens of the World Choir on Twitter or on Facebook and it's got the link there and everything you need to know. Just Friday nights, keep them free. What an exciting experience, Tess. It's so rewarding as well. It's going to be a lot of fun and I think that the, way, the things that are getting me through lockdown are friends and the lovely people I work with and the idea that you can feel part of a team and you're working towards something yeah. and, and helping people volunteering or creating and to be honest I think that's all you can really do just take it day by day because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. How do you think your life is going to change once the lockdown is lifted? Unfortunately, I don't think they're just going to lift lockdown like that. I think there's no. going to also, no. if the very best, there's going to be some kind of phased return. Yeah. Uh, we're already seeing in Germany that some restrictions which were lifted are going to have to be put back. So it's really hard to say. And the medium of theatre and public gatherings, public events is going to be most affected. I suppose the my life itself, it really depends on how we're going to be able to meet and mingle and be able to continue our social interactions without all this distancing. That's the thing that I want more than anything. And of course, it's something that nobody really knows how that's going to go. The writing I'll do will have to reflect the idea of the digital age more. I will be exploring the different ways of communicating and in terms of work at the moment I can do this job online and remotely in terms of other work and creative stuff that's going to be really hard so it's almost as if I can't see the future so I've got to go really slowly foot by foot and step by step so I, I can't answer that one no and that that's yeah. completely fine yeah. I think we all have a different experience and a different reality and I'm I'm like you I'm very much taking it day by day and just trying to you know be in the moment I think that's something that I'm yeah. to appreciate I mean that's what life should be about anyway is living in the moment being in the present that's what we've been told constantly and life has forced us to live in the moment and to live in the present absolutely okay well that's the end of official questions but now we have a quick fire round are you ready for it Tess yes 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 okay if you could choose anyone to be quarantined with who would it be and why I would probably 
be quarantined with my best friend Jenny. Five people you would love to have dinner with. Okay, Beethoven and his nephew. Uh, the guy who uh, made Making a Murderer. Probably uh, my grandma, because she was born in China in 1896 and I was too uh, little to ever remember her before she died. So I would like to have a proper conversation with her. And uh, I would also like to be uh, having dinner with Mondrian, because, the painter, because I want to know what on earth that was all about. <laughs> nice. Paint paintings to me, please. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, writing or reading? Writing. Writing or watching films? Yeah, watching films. <laughs> yeah, love it. Okay, Instagram or Facebook? I don't really like either. Great. Do I have to choose? Uh, maybe Facebook, more of my friends are on there. Okay. Okay, Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. City or countryside? Countryside. Cardiff or London? Cardiff. Podcasts or documentaries? Documentaries, don't shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the first thing you're going to do when a lockdown is over? Oh, go to a party, hug people, um, drink coffee, get drunk, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm going to do all of that. <laughs> Love it. I think everybody's answered hugs. Literally yeah. everyone. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, so we have one final uh, kind of question for you, Tess, and this is a question we ask every single guest that comes on the podcast. So what's the best piece of advice you have for anyone going into the industry? Don't give up and don't expect everything to happen immediately, honestly, because and things will happen for you that you never expected and the stuff you expected you would do, you don't end up doing. So... <laughs> Uh, all all the shows I did, I never thought that I would ever do, and that stuff just happens to you. So you have to go with the flow when it, when it's creating. And if there's an opportunity, grab it. Uh, don't have too fixed an idea of what you think you want to be or what you want to do, because life and circumstance are going to dictate that a lot more than you think in a couple of years you know i'm sure there's all sorts of playwrights now and writers who are being shaped by this form formative time now and in the future they will be the ones who who come out of this so it's not everything that you think that you will do you will do and uh life will take you unawares as it always does i agree yeah and I, um, yeah that's definitely yeah. my experience <laughs> yeah, if life gives you lemons, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tess, thank you so much for going off script with us. Is there anything you would like to plug, and how can we find you on social media? You can follow my Twitter um, te at Tess Berry Hart, or one word. I also volunteer with at Calais Action, which is a refugee charity, and the Citizens of the World Choir, which is our choir of refugees. Uh, I mentioned before we're doing concerts through the month of May, but also we would love your support. And so, if anyone can donate towards us, uh, you can find us online. We have a, we have a chuffed.org link uh, that you can uh, even drop us at two three quid on. Uh, we would really appreciate it every little helps absolutely one Thank you so much Tess for going off script with us and everything Tess has mentioned to do with the choir 
We will be sharing on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook so you can find it there. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud or your favourite streaming service to listen to all our episodes. Head over to Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Follow us on at with. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. But most importantly, stay safe. Cheers, darling! On your head. On your head.